Oh, shit. Hang on a second. Oh, my phone fell into the seat somewhere. Can you call it? Yeah. Is that my ringtone? Oh, yeah. What is it? Because it sounds negative. Oh, no, no, it's, it's from the notebook. Welcome, musical geniuses, to Geek Salad episode 167. Score one for the movies! Woo-hoo! <laughs> I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we are talking all about movie scores from uh, movie franchises, some of the more popular ones. Um, we ranked these uh, based on our three top favorites and scored them accordingly. And we actually asked a guest panel to help out with the voting. So, um, I'm going to give a special thanks right now to our guest panel, uh, John Saul, David McLean, um, Geek Salad Irregular, Mike C., uh, Matt Jones, who appeared on our Broadway show earlier this year, and Jackie Stevenson. Now, for Jackie, who uh, writes as at uh, Writer Jacks on Twitter, and um, is at writerjacks.net. Let me make sure I got that web page right. Yeah, writerjacks.net. That is J-A-X.net. As in the uh, Mortal Kombat fighter. Yes. She um, actually went, went ahead and instead of just giving us names, wrote a damn article. I'm not going <laughs> to read you the article. I want to drive traffic to her site. So for the love of God, please go and support her writings. Go read it. Um... You'll know David McLean as uh, a friend of the show who's done some audio contributions, also wrote the Time Traveler's um, Resort and Museum, which is available anywhere finer people are found. Which I did get on Audible, by the way. Yeah, oh, you did? got on Audible. Yes, awesome. Did. Yeah, I have the e-book. Um, I asked everybody if they had anything that they wanted to promote. Um, obviously, I'm going to promote Dave's book to the uh, to the Hills, Jackie's website. Um Matt Jones, who is uh, now out west. Oh, right. You may run into him when you go to Disney. Oh, yeah, I heard that. He he kind of quasi-works there. Yes, yes, so you may run into him. Cool. Uh, John Saul's a theater friend, who is also huge into um, Marvel movies, and sent me an article about, apparently, um, that there will probably not be another Hulk standalone movie, and at one point we dodged a bullet that Brigitte Nielsen was not cast as She-Hulk. Ah! Oh, God. And finally, for Mike C., the only thing he wanted me to promote was a, a, a an additional list that, that he wanted to contribute himself, um, which was he wanted me to rank he wanted to rank the scores for the Rocky series, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which go in this order. These are descending. His number three is Rocky three. 
Of course. Um, number two is Rocky One. <laughs> Odd because that's like the big theme, right? And then Rocky Four for his final line uh, and, and number one. Um, all I all I can remember from Rocky Four's music is "Burning Heart" by Survivor, um, and yet another retread of um, "Eye of the Tiger." Eighties montage. Yep. Yeah, Rocky Three was the birth of "Eye of the Tiger." Yes, it was when you could hear the unfinished version, which is what ended up in the movie before they actually took it to studio, and made it a big number one hit. Yes. So, yes, so today we are talking about movie franchises. Now, we picked about, uh, good lord, how many is One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight franchises with one bonus round, which we'll do first. Um, All movie scores. I asked everybody to come up with their top three, which was some easier than others. Yeah. The ones that were not so easy were a goddamn headache and a half. Yeah. That's yeah. not, that's, I am not lying when I say that. So let's get started with our bonus round. Now, most of us couldn't name most of the Bond, the James Bond movie scores. Uh, that's John the score, Barry. No. John Barry, up? yeah, John Barry did the theme. Um, that's all I know. Yeah, beyond, yeah, beyond, beyond the dun 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 dun. Yeah. Right. John Barry. That's, but, like, that's the only, that's the only, like, one of the first songs I learned to play on the guitar. And then um, Dana Gould brought up that the uh, the score for The Spy Who Loved Me was worse than AIDS. So, wow. Because it's very disco-tinged. <laughs> He's a local boy. Um, so we came up with the top three songs. Now, some of the runners-up that were picked by our panel, uh, Live and Let Die, uh, both John and Dave picked that one. You Know My Name from Casino Royale, that was... Um, me and John. Nobody does it better for the spy who loved me. That was Matt, Joe, and Catherine. We we going with that yep. for you? Yep. All right. Goldeneye. Uh, John and Mike. You? Yep. Oh yeah, I love that song. Um, the Living Daylights. Both mics. Yeah. Really, Mike. Oh yeah. Of uh-huh. course. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. It was actually funny when 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 um, Mike C texted it to me. He's like, hey, "Living Daylights." Ah. And then just the next message. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? Um, uh, Joe, you brought up For Your Eyes Only. Yes, I did. Which, Catherine, yep. you're going with that one, too. Yep. yep. Still think it sounds like a feminine hygiene commercial. Yeah, it does. Um, Jackie brought up The World Is Not Enough. Probably the best thing about that lousy movie. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. That's I, can't even, I can't even remember the movie. Dr. Little... Christmas Jones. Christmas uh, it does, uh, comes more than once a year. Oh, God. Oh, yes. God. Yeah. Yes. Okay. With, uh... Oh, God. Uh, Denise Richards? Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist. Oh. <laughs> no, sir. Right. Not enough suspension of disbelief in the world. I don't even think she can spell nuclear physicist. Oh, my God. And then... The coach her on how to pronounce it. Yeah. Jackie also brought up uh, Shirley Bassey's rendition of Diamonds Are Forever. Not forever! Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. So, the top three. James Bond in descending order. Number three. Duran Duran's A View to a Kill. Until we dance into the fire That fatal kiss is all we need Dance into the fire To fatal sounds of broken dreams Dance into the fire That fatal kiss is all we need Dance into the fire 
As 80s as you can get. Oh my god. <laughs> Not only is this 80s, this is a great homage to the Bond music of the past. Now, of course, Andy and I can't deny that we rocked out to it mm. at the Duran Duran concert. <laughs> oh my god. We, yeah. we were like, we lost our minds. Not only did I lose my mind, I'm like, I can't fucking believe they're playing this right I now. Know. This is awesome. <laughs> you ne- now, here's the thing. You never hear bands play the, the one-off song that they did in, you know, for a movie. Yep. Um, interesting then, trivia about this. This is still the only James Bond uh, song to go to number one. And the thing is, there was such a good live band that they did an awesome rendition. They of did a fantastic nice. rendition of that. I also don't think we can use this using clip for this song because WMG, those bastions of charity and uh, yeah, no oh, BMG music. Oh, oh yeah, God, they yeah. they blocked the hell out of this one. I'll do my best. Um, number two. Uh, as, oh, by the way, for a view to a kill, uh, myself, Dave, uh, Mike C, and Joe, you all picked that one. Yep. Number two, picked by Matt, Mike C, and Catherine, Shirley Bassey's Goldfinger. Goldfinger, he's the man, the man with the Midas touch, a spider's touch, such a cold finger. His web of sin But don't go in I'm I'm not a big fan of this song I'm not either It has a special place in my heart Because she performed it on The Muppet Show That's right, she did of course. So, like, I heard the real version. I'm like, ah, the Muppet version was... Seven so minutes in, guys. Off. We're uh, talking about the Muppets, drink. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, well, the thing is, is I, I, I'm not a big fan of Shirley Bassey's singing style. So, it's like, I can't yeah. get behind the So, so wait, I, I, have to, I have to question, though. With this, do, do we find out if Goldfinger likes gold in this song? Um, actually, that, that, that is never made clear. No, really? Wow. I, don't, I just have to go, does he love gold or does he love only gold? gold. Damn, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a nice, uh, you know. You expect me to I still, I still no, love, Bond. I expect you to die. I love, I love the movie. I just can't yeah. stand the song. But the, one of the like interesting it. stories about this song Sorry, was that when she that. hit that last <laughs> note, he loves gold. I can't even hit that. Yeah. Um, well, and the reason why I can't no hit it. No one can hit that one. Is because when she hit it. She actually, they were they were listening. She she turned the lights off. She was having difficulty hitting. Turned the lights off in the sound booth. Threw her bra out the door and was able to hit those notes. <laughs> the she bra needed, was she keeping needed her. A full, yeah. She needed no restraint. No, she needed. Yeah, yep. and please pardon me, Catherine. She needed to let them breathe. <laughs> what do you think I do every night before I go to bed? Exactly. Fair enough. <laughs> Every time anybody does that, I so I just in the back of my head hear a decompression sound like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you have to wear a flying buttress for eighteen hours. No, oh, that's true. Yeah. And um, our number. We missed you last episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> our number one uh, Bond mo- uh, movie song uh, voted on by me, Matt, Dave, you, Mike, yep, and Jackie. Uh, the first Bond song to win an Oscar, Skyfall by Adele. 
It's a good song. It is a very good song. Yeah. Um, not my favorite. But no, it's, it's not my favorite by any means. I mean, I thought it was. It's excellent. I mean, yeah. my number one, honestly, was "You Know My Name" by Chris Cornell yeah. from Casino Royale, just because that oh, movie just yeah. let you know, hey, different Bond. Yeah, my number He's going one to get his nuts hit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, my number one was Goldeneye. Mm. My number one was Nobody Does It Better. Yep. Just because it's such a, I, such a nice song. <laughs> yeah. It's a very romantic song. Yeah. Was, I, there were several songs, like, I only made it about halfway through the Bond songs, and I, I thought we were only picking one, so I was like, all right, I'm done. But uh, it was... Uh, it was definitely, it was one of those, this was from a Bond movie, and then I actually listened to the lyrics, and I'm like, there it is, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, um, next, fran- the fir- so the first franchise we're going to talk about in terms of scoring is Harry Potter. This one had the most um, holdouts, meaning that not enough people cared enough or didn't... <clears throat> See any difference between the movies? Well, the, the, to contribute. The, well, the, the the thing is, when with John Williams established the 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 themes, yeah. for Harry Potter in movies one and two, it didn't matter what what came behind it because a lot of a lot of what came after it is built off what John Williams already built. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm that a was, little. That was definitely part of why. I and so, it, so it was hard to pick out. Okay, once you get beyond one and two, which of the other? Yeah. You know, five, or you're like, oh. So, yeah, li- I, literally the only thing I can remember from the Harry Potter soundtracks is Hedwig's theme. Right, which, why the hell is it called Hedwig's theme? It should just be the Harry Potter theme, because it doesn't even play when they introduce Hedwig for the first time. Right. And by the way, they don't even refer to that owl by name in the, well, the first bi- movie. Well, it's, uh, we'll talk about it, but the Star Wars, the binary sunset is con- called the Force theme. By Everybody right. calls it the Force theme. Right. Even though the actual name is binary, binary sunset. sunset. Yeah, they don't yeah. call it the Force theme until the second one. Well, they, it was changed. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the Star Wars. Oh, yeah, movies. much, much later. Like, capping off of that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually saw this great Spoiler! video. <laughs> I actually saw this great video on YouTube that actually said what they did, how not to do a movie score, Harry Potter. Really? Yeah. Because essentially what happens is all of the beats are established in the first movie. Yeah. The second movie is essentially a carbon copy of the se- of the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So Chamber of Secrets is essentially, okay, just use what worked. Throw in a couple of different little themes here and there. Yeah. And John Williams actually did the next one, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, but he was like, yeah, I'm doing Star Wars again. I, I can't. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it's just this series of directors and composers that weren't really sharing with each other. The, right. the, the closest that came after that was Alexander Desplat who took certain themes. The only thing that lived throughout all of these movies was Hedvig's theme. Yeah, yeah, the opening theme. And yeah. then at the very end, the thing um, with the train, at the very end, was also what capped off um, Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone, if you want to be fancy. Yes. If you want to talk about a thing that's actually real in history, as opposed to what they did for Americans, because we don't know what... We don't know history. Yeah. We don't know philosophers, but we know fucking sorcerers. And yet, what do they look for in a um, uh, Full Metal Alchemist? The Philosopher's Stone. Exactly. Because mm. it's an actual thing. Yeah. So. Of myth. So there was a lot of abstention on this one. Not everybody voted, which is fair, because we still managed to get three definitive winners. Um, three runners up, however. Uh, Mike uh, C. and Joe, The Order of the Phoenix. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Matt picked the uh, Half-Blood Prince. And uh, Joe, you picked the Chamber of Secrets. Look at John Williams. Yeah. Fair enough. So, in the number three slot, voted on by myself, Dave, and Jackie. And I'm not. I'm, I'm going to say this is kind of a cheat, but not really, because uh, it's the Deathly Hallows Parts 1 and 2. It's it's the same movie. It's split the in same half. split in half. Yeah, this isn't like Lord of the Rings, which we'll be getting to in a little bit. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> there are three definitive movies. This could have honestly been just one long movie. You mean like as if it would be one long book? Yes, indeed. But not as long as Order of the Phoenix, which is still the shortest movie as well. Yes. Um, There's really not as much to tell in that one. Really. Number two, voted on by myself, Matt, Dave. Uh, Mike C. and Jackie, Prisoner of Azkaban. Some some decent themes. I think it's, a dark, like, it's a darker. It's a it's pretty. It's a pretty dark. Right. Theme. Yeah. yeah. Overall, and it's a pretty dark score. But it kind of it kind of fits with the 
the the the overall feel of the movie. The shift in tone. Yes, mm-hmm. halfway through the movie, exactly. There's Lupin. Still, yeah, it, I, I think it, I think it really goes along. Like, you know, you have the it, it goes along with what people the emotional impact of the movies more yeah. than the scores themselves. Right. Is what I'm looking at. I, I still hold it as one of my favorite movies of the series. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. my number two. Mm. Behind um, Order of the Phoenix, you kind of you, you kind of wish that Alfonso Cuarón kept doing the other movies. Uh, that'd be a that's an interesting what if. Yeah, but oh, wow. all right, and then um, <clears throat> Runaway number one. Surprise, surprise. Uh, me, Matt, Dave, uh, Mike, C, Joe, and Jackie. Uh, the Sorcerer's slash Philosopher's Stone. As we mentioned before, this this all has to do with the themes. It's it, la- it lays the groundwork yeah, for what yeah. Harry, it does. Harry you you don't get the re- you don't get every other one listed without. without that one. Right, exactly. And there is, I mean, some very good stuff. Oh, yeah. In there, but again, it all comes down to those themes, and those themes are the only ones that they use, like in the Lego the uh, Lego Harry Potter yep. games. Yeah. Because my kids just rediscovered the Lego Harry Potter games. They they they, they uh, made an HD version for the PS4. They did. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I bought it. You, you can buy it on a single disc. It's got all eight movies. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's like twenty bucks too. So, hmm. Christmas. Pick that up for the kids because they've been playing on the Wii. Oh yeah. It's tired of firing that thing up and buying batteries for the uh, controllers. <laughs> Damn it! We're supposed to plug these things in every three hours, like my PlayStation controller. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you don't use rechargeable batteries? Oh, we used to, and then those all died. <laughs> rechargeable batteries have a finite life. Mm. All right, so the next series is the pre DCEU, the wonderful cinematic world of <laughs> Wizarding World of DC, or whatever the fuck what it's called it now. now. Oh my god. I have my shot glass here. I will run upstairs and get more tequila and bourbon if I have to. Uh, yeah, this is the shot glass. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yes, it is. That's a big, that's a big shot glass. It though. is a big shot glass, yes. It's called I, a shooter, actually. Yeah. Ah, well, I drank tequila that, out of it the other day. That, that style is a shooter. The ones that are, the, 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 the tall, thin ones that are kind of like a shotgun are called shooters. And then mm-hmm. the, the shorter, flatter ones, those are shot, shot glasses. <laughs> this has been drinking with Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you guys too. And I, uh, <laughs> I have a shooter collection at home. This is functional alcoholism. The show. All right, oh, leave me alone. No, that's okay. Is that a love? I was the one drinking on camera last week yes, while we were discussing was. Henry yes, he Cavill. So, <laughs> Cavill. Whatever. It's Cavill. It rhymes with travel. You can uh, go look him up saying that. Okay. Because they did that on the morning show. No, oh, Jesus. So, um. Yeah, so the, the pre-DCEU stuff is essentially anything that came out from DC films prior to Man of Steel. So Superman so through... So Superman through Dark The Dark Knight, Knight Returns. Yeah. 
And the Dark Knight Rises. I'm sorry. The better Batman movie, Edward, the word returns in it. Dark Knight Rises was not a better movie. Right, no, exactly. So, um, out of the, the movies listed here that did not make the top three cut, um, Mike, C, and Jackie both brought up Supergirl. Of course Mike C will bring up Supergirl. So with Jackie, and, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jackie really likes uh, Jerry Goldsmith's okay. music. Eh, that's fair. Um, Dave brings up Batman Begins, which has got some very interesting themes that are built upon mm-hmm. in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, Joe, and you, Mike, brought up Superman Returns, which got a lot more love than I was expecting this it one is, to get. It is... It's a love letter John, to Williams. Yeah, John Ottman does such a great impression of John Williams. I, I think, and I, and, 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 and in certain aspects, I prefer John Ottman's rendition of the main Superman theme that I do to. Uh, it, well, it may be a a, 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 a factor of, the, of you know twenty years of mm. recording technology, but the John Ottman version of the Superman theme sounds cleaner. Than right, the, yeah. the original main theme. I think right. a lot of people underestimate how good John Ottman actually is. I always, I always say, if 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 Disney's looking for a replacement for, for John Williams, John Ottman's the man to do it. Right, I think it's that's going to end up being uh, Michael Giacchino. Yeah, yeah Giacchino is the new John Williams. Yeah, but John Ottman is certainly makes runner up for yeah. me. Right, right. So um, yeah, Superman Returns. I was surprised to get a lot of love. All right, you bastards! I'm the only one who went with Batman Returns. I didn't vote. I was tired. That's okay. You're allowed. <laughs> I just think, personally, I think the Batman Returns um, score is an improvement upon the, the 89 movie. I, I would agree. It's more, because the Returns is more of a Tim Burton movie, Yeah. this is more of a Danny Elfman score. Right. And the themes work better, the Catwoman score works, the, the Catwoman theme works better. Oh, and, we'll, and we'll discuss it, but... It, I, I can I can I can see why the Batman. I'm amazed game. you left me hanging here, Joe. I really am. Well, no, I'll, I have my reasons for. All right, I put Batman. Up all right, well, well, I was while I was at work. I on thing on Monday. I was you know trying to come up with my list. I played the Batman Returns theme and you know the uh, score. It was good. It just didn't really wow me. Of course, neither did the original Batman series. Oh, okay. Beyond the theme, right? And it, I, but it didn't really. Do anything better than that for me? Okay, fair enough. All right, so the top three in the non DCE or the pre DCEU category. Number three voted upon by myself, John, Mike, you, and um, Jackie was "The Dark Knight" by Hans Zimmer.
Mm. See, Hans Zimmer doesn't do anything for me. Oh, he does. He, he, does, do. he does a lot for me. Hans Zimmer is, is so hot and cold with me. The problem... The, 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 okay, and, and the problem with the pre-DCEU soundtracks is, or uh, scores is you're going up against, again, John Williams with Superman the movie and Danny Elfman with Batman. Right. I like, though, that this doesn't try to do that. Yeah. What I like, especially but, with The Dark Knight, what he does with the Joker's theme, which is essentially just this string that is being, there's just a bow running across this string. Yeah. And it's the, they, they play that during the bank heist, and they play that a few other times. I think it's actually called um, A Dog Chasing Its Tail. And it just is just, it's the musical embodiment of this type of lunacy that the Joker has. And it works really, really well. More so, I think, than, you know, whatever the fuck that was with uh, Jared Leto <laughs> and um, and even the, the uh, Jack Nicholson well, stuff, which wasn't, there was really no theme to be had. There really wasn't, no. Uh, for, for me, the, the music, the playing in the background during the whole, um, you know, assault on the uh, the prison van. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that really grabs you and holds you, holds you. And gives you all the tension that you really need from that scene. I I agree. I mean, this is the best out of that bunch. I mean, yeah. I like the, the stuff from Batman Returns, uh, Batman Begins, rather, which, by the way, was also... Uh, that was Zimmer and James Newton Howard. Yes. It was a split yeah. soundtrack. Uh, well, I, I think... James, didn't Howard die in the middle of it? No. James Newton Howard's still alive. Oh, I'm thinking of James Horner, sorry. Yeah. Nope. Totally different. I love James Horner, too. Sorry. Um, all right, so number two, voted upon by Matt, Dave, John, Mike C., and Joe, 1989's Batman by Danny Elfman. And this, uh, let's face it, this, this score set the theme for Batman for two decades. I, I I would I would debate that in saying the theme right. set the score for right. Batman for the next two decades. The rest of the score is actually kind of middling. There is there are certain there are flaws with the score that I think were again were proved upon with Batman Returns. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and and it, it did not set it for two decades. See. The animated ser- series okay, maybe, used... Yeah, yeah, sure, the animated series, but we're talking about film scores. Right. And the the next two Batman movies, after uh, Tim Burton left, <laughs> were not shaped by the Daniel. No, not at all. No, no. no. Golden Ball. No, but in the, in, the, in the mind of a lot of Batman fans, when they hear the Batman, the, the Danny Elfman theme, yeah. that's the Batman theme. Beyond... There, there da, 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 da. What song really sticks out in Batman, though? 
I rest my case. Yes. No, he, no, he's he is right about that. And again, I think that why I picked Batman Returns. You know, there are there are musical cues in that one that work better. We just said it a few minutes ago. The Joker didn't have his own theme. No. Closest thing he had was that beautiful Dreamer rendition. Mm. The big thing with this, yeah, I mean, I fell in love with that that theme too. Yeah. I still love that theme. Yeah, yeah. And that is that is you know that is our generation's Batman theme. That that's like our Roger Moore. You know, it's that's that's what we have. Honestly, but, when, when we when we did the the YouTube show and re- and I rewatched that, yep. it, it just kind of stood out like. Beyond the theme, there's really not that much that stands out in this movie. But at least it keeps showing up in a good yeah. way. Yeah. You know, it just keeps showing up in there. Um, this made Danny Elfman a made man for oh, yeah. at least oh, 15 yeah. years. Oh, yeah. To the point now where you're tired of listening to his music. Go back to Oingo Boingo. Oh. Yeah, my uh, Andy. Is <laughs> there alternative? Yeah, I know. Well, I. Seriously, I bought like every Danny Elfman like score for years and years after. I like bought the friggin' Darkman score. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't. No, it wasn't that was bad. Underrated movie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Elfman put out two two albums of compilations: uh, Music for the Dark and Theater, and then Music for the Dark and Theater Volume Two. All the Batman stuff is in there. Yeah. Um, but it's. I mean, it's really good. I mean, he was made to do superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't see him. I would never see him doing a Star Wars movie or a Star Trek movie. <laughs> no. Yeah. You thought about this, haven't you? No, actually, this was a family guy thing. Cicerone brought up, like, a couple years ago when we were talking about, right before the prequels started filming. Yeah, the family guy, Star Wars, the first Star Wars special. Um, John Williams accidentally gets killed, so he's like, oh, oh great, yeah. now we have to get, score the rest of this with uh, Danny Elfman. Yeah, and then he just comes in and kills the lightsaber. All right, and number one, again, a runaway. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, Kel runaway. With more than twice the more Exactly, yeah, more points than anybody else. Me, Matt, Dave, John, both Mikes, Joe, and Jackie. And I would have voted for this, too. Yeah. John Williams, uh, Superman the Movie. This, this is such a majestic theme. Oh, yeah. and, and such and a majestic you, and you, score. And you can't, I mean, you can't help but just get pumped up when you listen to yeah. the Superman theme. And you're like, I'm going to take on the world. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and when um, when Christopher Reeve did some cameos on Smallville, they played it lightly in the Yes, back. yeah. And yes, I was they just did. Like, like, I was good until they did that. And I was like, oh, God. But then, but then, but also, but then, you know, you know, I haven't watched Justice League, but I've seen, I've seen the, uh, the scene. Where Superman comes out of the grave yeah. and, go, and he goes to his uh, his memorial, yeah, where he's fighting the other the other uh, Justice Leaguers, and you hear the bat, you, and, and all of a sudden yeah. they just insert it into the into the into the into the score, right. and you're like, oh, 
Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you in this awful movie? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> not totally awful. <laughs> not great, but there, there, there are moments. Harumph. Um. He's a lousy Superman. Glad he's gone. No, but we'll we'll that's a discussion for another day. Anyway, the um. Another show. Yes. I love that there was this great documentary that was done about Superman, and Richard John was talking about listening to the music and being like, it just needs to pop. It needs something that's going to make it sound like Superman. And John Williams just threw in that thing, that bum ba da It's just like, it just sounds like Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it works. Yeah. It works really well. And that, oh God, it just, every time I hear the song... All I think of is the credit sequence. That amazing credit sequence oh, yeah, that well, they the, could the never, just... ever match. Oh. Ever, ever, ever. But the thing is, what, what, what separates this from the Batman score is that beyond that theme, it is a good, solid oh, the entire score. score. is very good. In general, there, there are very few points in that entire score where I'm like, ah, I could have skipped this. Yeah. Most of, them, most of the bits, I'm like, I really like this song, and it really fits. <laughs> right? No, and it's just, it's just your typical John Williams brass, 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 yeah. brass, strings, brass. <laughs> yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah if, if John Williams wasn't consistently good, the fact that he loves brass. Yeah. <laughs> does he really though? Yes. Oh. He does. Uh, yes. <laughs> He's a brass man. <laughs> it's John Williams again. Well, that's why. That's why he. Well, that's why when when George Lucas brought it in for Star Wars, it was so radical because nobody was using. Full orchestral brass right, for, right. for sci-fi, yeah. Yeah, they, they were using cool. synthesizers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it would be Danny Elfman. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move over to the other side of the coin here with the non-MCU movies. These are essentially the movies that weren't done under the Marvel Cinematic Universe banner. Pretty much anything owned by Sony, Universal, or uh, Fox yeah, and distributed yeah. therein. This was interesting because this was a fight up to the very end. Well, this was kind of tough for me because there really, out of the non-MCU movies, there really aren't a lot that kind of stand out. No. Made me go, oh yeah, that's the theme to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can anybody hum the X-Men theme? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Beyond, well, beyond the animated series, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I can do it from the from the X-Men movies. Hell yeah. Really? That's, okay. That's a great I, theme. I can't. I, I uh, could, but it would take me a minute. Yeah. To remember it, but yeah, like if I if I heard like the first few like the, the first, first bar, few bars, exactly. Okay, first yes. Bar, I, would, I would be like, oh, that's X Men. Yeah, right, but it doesn't it doesn't come to your mind like okay, the Superman theme. You know, but I haven't the... I haven't watched it as many times as I watched Superman. We owned Superman on VHS at home. Oh yeah, in like when I was eight. I burned, right, I burned like through three copies of Superman. <laughs> Box of Steel. Oh yeah. All right, so for these, this this was an interesting list of things. Um, alright. A lot of onesie votes here for a lot of this stuff. So, um, Jackie mentioned Blade. Blade. Fuck I, this movie. I seriously don't remember fuck this score. movie. Um, I barely remember the movie. Yeah. I remember the movie. I don't remember the score. I don't remember now. Uh, Mike, you brought up X2, X Men United. Because John Ottman. Yeah. And I like the score. Right. And I like the, the X Men theme, which John, I can remember. John, yeah, John Ottman doing a Brian Singer movie. Get out of town. No way. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you probably won't be doing too many more. Huh? Yeah, that's true. Joe, you brought up X Men. Even though I can't remember the theme, I had uh-huh. to actually look it up. 
Uh, Joe, you also brought up Deadpool 2. <laughs> Only because of... Holy shit balls! Holy shit balls! Is the joke going on? And really, and really, that's because that's the most recent non-MCU movie I've seen. Right, exactly. Like I, couldn't, I couldn't name a single track from this. No. Unlike John's pick, uh, Deadpool, the, um, the, the, the 12 Bullets. Oh, the yeah. Maximum Effort and 12 Bullets are both really good... Uh, pieces of music that is actually that's gym that's gym workout that, that's gym music um Dave and I'm hoping this was a typo uh, but Dave brought up Amazing Spider-Man 2 yeah. I fucking hate this movie oh my god do I hate this I movie seen either of I, I saw this one in theaters with us yeah, we were not. We went to see it. We were the only ones in the theater, Mike. We, went to, we, went, we, went, to a, we went to a late show for this one. Because we, we went to like a ten o'clock show. Oh the my god! The Amazing Spider-Man One. I'm willing to forgive a lot of faults for because I thought it was pretty decent. I enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man Two oh. was just a that was a dismal. Yep. All right. Um, Matt brought up X-Men: Days of Future's Past. Yeah, it was, it was oh, a good, man. solid one. Yeah. Um, didn't waste. Really Matt also it. brought up Hulk. This is Ang Lee's Hulk. Mainly because, and Matt, Matt brought up that it's because it's the Danny Elfman theme. It's Danny Elfman doing the music. Really? Yeah. I remember that. Um, I kind of like the way that one was filmed, like the, the comic book. Right. The comic strip theme. Oh, the, going frame, on. the comic book framing on. Yeah, yeah. It would have transition, com, Comic book transition. It would have been cool had we not been in uh, an early stage comic book renaissance. Hmm. For that to, because that just to me felt like I don't read comic books here. This is what a comic book movie should be. There's panels here. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah, no. And then, all right. So Dave and I both brought up Logan. I which is good. We're not having watched Logan. Great yet. slide guitar. Some great. It does. It I does. Have not watched Logan yet. It, it, oh, you have not man. watched Logan. No, God yet. damn it, Joe. I know. I think I think it was either his birthday or Christmas last year. I gave my husband. A copy of Old Man Logan, the uh, the, the, comic book, yeah. the, the graphic novel, yeah. and the Blu-ray of Logan. Oh, have you watched the noir? I've not watched the noir. Oh, Joe, you're walking out with that tonight. You're gonna watch it. God damn it! But I, I don't I care if you have to go to work tomorrow. I have the iPhone launch tomorrow. Fuck you. So. <laughs> oh, jeez, they're having another iPhone. Uh, yes. Um. Yeah, it's 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 really good. It fits the. It fits the settings of like you know those dusty back road towns and yeah yeah all in all an amazing movie it is oh uh, that, no, no, that movie, movie is solid that that movie set like within the first three minutes top at the most you know exactly what kind of film you're gonna be watching yep. today take yeah. <laughs> so any slices someone's arm off it's like yep earned its R rating honestly if it, look tits right away yep. R rating if it weren't for the third act I would I thought it, I would have given it a much higher rating. Yeah, there were parts of the third act that didn't it doesn't work feel like a well. superhero movie until the, the, his uh, clone doppelganger shows oh, yeah. up. <laughs> that, um, that's when it kind of started weakening yeah. for me. It was still good. It was oh, yeah, just it was like good. yeah, but it was still like a clone doppelganger. Yeah. All right. So into the top three here. Um, this one I th- ended up scoring high based on points more than anything else. Uh, Matt and Jackie bro- both brought up the original Danny Elfman Spider Man.
Yeah. Yeah. So Spider-Man 1. I, this this theme is great. The, the credit sequence is really what makes it, and it's got like well, you know nice, what? It, 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 it's, it's strings. It's heavy on strings, which you need for when you're talking about spiders. Well, it's, yeah. fun, it's funny too because the the, the the opening credit sequence when you you see the the marble flip. Yeah. It's it, it almost like every uh, from from then on every marble flip starts off starts like, with that Spider-Man yeah. thing. At least with the non MCU stuff because yeah. they have their own thing now, which is awesome. Um. Yeah, no, I mean this this fits the character. It's very it's yeah. very bombastic. It's very New York-y. which which works because Spider Man is such a creature of New York. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, number two. This one actually surprised me. How many people love this one, including myself, uh, Dave, John, and Mike? You, um, X Men First Class by Henry Jackman. This one is primarily based on its magnet and uh, magneto theme. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the, when they they play that when he goes to that bar. Yeah. In was it Argentina? Uh, yeah. yeah, and he kills those two. Nazis. He kills. Yeah, he kills the Nazis. Oh, it is just that, that's so a, good. There were so good death, many good pieces of music in this. That there's that great montage that they have when they're trying to like get all the characters. And it takes place in the 60s, so that it really, like, the music swings. Yeah, you right. That, and it you really that. works well, especially because they do all that, and then they come to the culmination where they go into the bar, and there's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great scene. <laughs> I will not drop that scene in again because I've used that scene like 15 times from just to, like, oh, we're talking about X Men, not first class. Go fuck, fuck you. yourself. <laughs> so. Fuck off. And then, that. number one, um,. Kind of in the landslide here. Uh, me, John, Joe, Mike, you, and Jackie. Uh, it, 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 I think it, Spider-Man it deserves, Two. It deserves yep. it. It deserves yep. it. Yep. Primarily this, because it takes... Go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, it takes all the themes of the original Spider-Man score and adds a layer of emotion and depth yes. Yes. that fits the story. This yeah. is why this is the best of the of these Spider-Man movies, because yeah. the Octo- the uh, the Octavius stuff. Yes. You know, before it becomes Doctor uh, Doctor Octopus, when he's just trying to struggle with the... Yeah. You know, yeah. With, with the arms and all that. I mean, this, this for me... It kind of it reaches the same same level I give it to Dark Knight in that 
I think it's a better film than it is a superhero movie. Yes. Oh yeah. That's why for for me, I think Spider-Man: Homecoming is a better super mo- super, uh, Spider-Man movie, but as a better film oh. overall, oh, yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two. Too. I'll give you that. Well, I yeah. mean, I think I think for a lot of people, Spider-Man Two is in the their top three. Yeah. For best superhero. Best superhero movies, right? Exactly. It's it's at least in everybody's top ten. Yeah. yeah. This one made our top twenty. Yeah. In the top ten, I think last year when we did this. Yeah. So. I believe so. And it will continue to be that way. Yes. Yeah. All right. It, it, it has staying power. All right. So moving on um, to the Lord of the Rings, the Tolkien series. This is pretty much a... This was slam dunk. Catherine yeah, and I were the only two uh, that actually picked something outside of the original trilogy. Well, the the, problem, the thing is, <coughs> outside of the original trilogy, they really didn't break new ground with the scores for The Hobbit, I don't think. It, it didn't seem that way to me. It. I, I started listening to Desolation of Smaug yeah. score, and about halfway through, I'm like, let's try something else now. It, it just it, nothing really stuck with me. I, I basically I went with you know the the I had my top two which we're going to talk about, but I went with Unexpected Journey because you know it's set you know we're okay we're here again and just I also really liked the the the, the song that the dwarves sang to make fun of Bilbo Baggins and I'm like I know that's not necessarily on the sound on right. the score but but well I mean if you the talk, Misty are, Mountain yeah, the, for, the song of the Misty Mountain oh yeah yeah I oh, love that song, is, yeah. is a continual theme throughout that entire that entire yeah. Mu- yeah. movie. That's not even the song I'm talking about. I'm right. Talking about the one where they're making That's fun what of Bill Bill Baggins hates. Yep. Because <laughs> that's just fun. Well, and that's like me with the Desolation of Smog. The the recurring theme that turns into um, I've Seen Fire at the end of the Which the is such a great theme. song. It's a great song. That but song. that that's a recurring theme that happens throughout that movie. Um, but yeah, true to form, this was the movies out of out of order. Uh, Matt, Dave, John, Joe, Mike, G, and Jackie. Number three. Uh, these are all, by the way, by Howard Shore. Yeah. yeah. There was yeah. no deviation on any of those. Uh, the Two Towers.
Really, the kind of the, the kind of the most forgettable of the. the, the actually, I disagree. I, I actually put two hours as my, as my number two. For me, it was like you know three, two, one. But uh, yeah, I because mainly because the score during the Battle of Helm's Deep well, is but the, amazing. It's amazing. But the thing is, and we'll we'll discuss it. I'll I'll, I'll say my thoughts for right. So all right. So I mean, for me, the the big like new piece on this is the Gollum theme. Yes. Yes. Which also translated into one of the worst songs oh, yeah, at the end of any of the movie That credits. was a terrible song. Yeah. By Mexican non-union equivalent Bjork. Oh, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> it's, it's not a good No, theme. it's not. It's yeah. not at all. But, I mean, yeah, I can understand with the, the Helm and Steve stuff. It's just that when you think about the, the the trilogy on the whole, Two Towers is always the one that people leave out of the conversation. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it shouldn't be, though. It shouldn't be, but it, to a certain extent, it feels like filler. Well, your, I mean, your takeaway is Gollum. Your entire takeaway, that entire movie, is how amazing Gollum is. I mean, in a sense, it's yeah. just it's middle child syndrome. It, I mean, it, it does have a bit of that, but I do love the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yes. That, yes. that is really... Yeah. That is an amazing set piece. It's an amazing yeah. sequence. It, 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 it's, it, it is one of these really standouts of the entire trilogy for me. Yeah. Hmm. Also, the only one of these three not to win an Oscar. Really? Yeah. None? Huh? None? It, uh, no, the, the Two Towers did not win the scoring Oscar. Oh. Um, number two, voted upon by me, Matt, Dave, John, Joe, Mike G, Catherine, and Jackie. Uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Now, this one has the Fellowship theme. Yep. Yeah, which yeah. is the big overriding theme of all the movies. Right. Bum, bum, right. Bum, and bum. again, it sets, it sets the stage for, yep. the, for all, the yeah. entire trilogy. Do you remember the trailer? Oh, my like, God. This is before they would do teasers. They would just have, here's your trailer. Yeah. One trailer, wait till the movie comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and this was the big one. They showed like the little bits here and there, and then... When they have the fellowship coming over the mountain, oh, yeah, and they're yeah, yeah. playing this, yeah. it's ju- it matches the movie perfectly. And then they just put the titles of the movies. Yep. So you know, two thousand one, Fellowship of the Ring. Two thousand two, The Two Towers. And then Aragorn comes up. Two thousand three, The Return, Return of the, of the King. King. Yeah. Yep. It was timed perfectly. Oh yeah. Um, we were all going nuts over that back when we were, you know, when we. Were- that was when we were first starting to watch trailers on computers. Yes, exactly. We were all crowded around somebody's cathode ray tube monitor. Who's got Who's got quick time? I'll download it now. Gather around, guys. It's the size of a postage stamp. God damn it! I can't see anything. They try to blow it up full screen. It's, like, it's all pixelated. 
the, the, I, I have to admit, the, the trailer for the two towers with the uh, kind of the Requiem for a Dream uh, score kind of intermixed with that. Oh yeah, I love that. That that score was really nice. Of that, just of the soundtrack. Right. But I but mean, Fellowship is, is very much the the sorcerer's stone of this. It sets. All the themes. Yeah. There's the philosopher's stone. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, the 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 bag end theme. Yeah. Um, you know the uh, the ring rates. All okay. that the, uh, yeah, uh, the Sauron, the, the Mines of Moria, yeah, the Mines of Moria. All that is just that that follows the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. And then number one, voted upon by myself, Matt, Dave, Joe, John. Uh, John, Joe, Mike G, Catherine, everybody, and Jackie, everybody, yeah, <laughs> everybody except for Mike C, who didn't do any of these apparently. Really? Um, interesting. Uh, Return of the King. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Part of that is also the, the, the now the overriding theme, other than the stuff that showed up in Fellowship of the Ring, was the, the stuff from um, Into the West, the Annie Lennox song. Yes. Right. So that Which all... Which is such a great song. Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful but, song. But it's also, it's just, it's because, again, it's the climax of the trilogy. Everything is so epic in it. I mean, all the battle, all the battle themes, all the bat. you know, it's just like, wow. No, yeah, yeah but also the score... Um, well, when um, Sam and Bilbo uh, Frodo are climbing, the oh my! Well, that's just, but it's it's uh, that that score is so emotional. When yes. they're, they're like on their last legs, and you're like, oh my god! It's I just, can't carry Sam, it for you, but, but I, can't I can't carry you. you. Yeah, and then uh. it just, and then that's when it kicks into <laughs> yeah. the end of the West. Yes, but in like the grand brass. Yeah, and it's just oh, <laughs> that's the emotional gut punch that you yeah. wanted. So. Yeah, no, that, that, that I, I think that one earned. Oh, it's well, one well slot. So, yeah, very much so. All right, let's move on back to superheroes again. Yay. It's like four categories of superhero movies here, so yeah. I wanted to break it up a We're little geeks. bit. We're geeks. What can you expect? Exactly. Yeah. All right, DCU, you, you legitimately had five choices. That's it. And, they, and it was a hard decision. Because oh my, no, it wasn't a hard decision. Because nothing stands out. Nothing, nothing stands, stands out. out. Well, really, only two of them stand out for me. I yeah, mean, only yeah, really. Only for me, there's only kind of one that stood out. Right, right. All right. So the the two runners up here, John and Jackie brought up Suicide Squad. 
I remember like the ejaculate of classic rock that showed up at the very beginning of the movie. I don't remember a, a lick of the score. Yeah, I, I got nothing. That I it, I didn't even vote for it because I was like, did it even have a score or did it just have lots of like classic rocks thrown into it? Yeah. Um, and uh, me, Joe, Mike, we all picked Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Mainly because you needed a number three. That yeah, was exactly. That was, that was it. That, was, oh that is God. the only reason they made my list. And, the, and the, this one here, and it, the themes that we're going to talk about are going to come up in the next in the next two. Um, they're just like they, they do a good job re- reusing themes. Yeah. But, eh. Mm-hmm. You had to pick three. Yeah, that was number three for me. Yeah, my, my number three. Yeah, my number three. Yep, nah, legitimately got three points for three people. <laughs> number three's got one point apiece. So, yeah. all right. So, number three, voted upon by Matt, Mike, and Mike C, and Jackie. Danny Elfman's Justice League. hearing so Fine. much ballyhoo about the reuse of themes. Yeah. Reusing the Batman theme. Reusing the the uh, Superman theme. Uh, the only one that stood out to me was the more orchestral version of the Wonder Woman theme. That's, that's the only one that stood out for me as well. Whose feelings I'll bring up, spoiler, in just a minute. Yes. <laughs> um, this is just, it's so unremarkable. You would think that out of anything, Danny Elfman would try to pull an Avengers with this, have that great Justice League theme that keeps coming back and back. Because the Justice League works as a team throughout, what, two-thirds of the movie? You wouldn't know. You're avoiding it, Howard. Um, The rest of us have seen it. And, uh, Catherine, would you say that they are are pretty much a team for two-thirds of that movie when they're not yelling and arguing at each other? Eh. Eh? Okay. They're they're doing a great job of trying to... Do what the Avengers did, and but but they actually no, they don't do a great job. They fail utterly, right? Because they haven't, they don't have the emotional buildup, they don't have the story remotely. At they also all. don't know how to fight like one single being. Like I saw this great comparison of the the Justice League taking on Superman, you know, on the steps of the memorial, right? And then comparing it to the the Avengers on Titan. Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. and the Avengers on Titan taking on Thanos. Yeah. And it's like Justice League, they just go one at a time straight at him. See, that's the thing, is that, that the the characters of Justice League are all standalone characters that are used to doing things by themselves. Right. And now they've got to try to be a team and they just don't know how to do it. And every Whereas single one of them except for Batman has super strength apparently, so it's Yeah. 
And then, and then um, the, the MCU is all about teamwork and made families. Right. And that's the thing, too, is that they, like, showed, you know, Doctor Strange throwing the discs so that Star-Lord could be shooting at him and using the other one to open it up so Mantis could get, yeah. you know, try to put him to sleep. Right. And it's just this, this great... Magic actual, kick! <laughs> yeah. Collaborative, you know, it's... In, Magic punch! And all the movies, all the movies have done that kind of collaborative Right. You know, the... They worked. They worked as a team. Justice League was a movie, and it had a score. Yes. yes. Moving on. About, that's moving on. All right. This one, honestly, it's by default. Really. Again, it's All right. number two. And I'm not going to give away too much on Jackie's article, but she's like, "This is just this isn't a good score." But I had to put something in there. Yeah. Again, number two is Wonder Woman by Rupert Gregson Williams, voted upon by me, Matt, John, both Mike's, Joe, and Jackie. Is that the actual name of DJ? What's his name? Oh, Junkie XL. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. No, but uh, I thought Junkie XL did Wonder Woman. No, he didn't. Oh. No, he did the Batman versus Superman oh, okay. with Hans Zimmer. Yeah, um, he may have been the one, atro- you know, uh, who was responsible for that awful. I think awful I think he was thing. because I can't see Hans Zimmer doing. See, here's the thing that makes this score great. Is the No Man Land scene. That's it. Which, let's be honest, in five years when we talk about Wonder Woman again, what are you going to talk about? The No 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 Man Land scene. No Man's Land scene. Yep. That's really about it. That's it. The staying power of this movie has gone away so fast. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but... It's sad because it was good. It was good, but yeah, like, the, the problem is the third act really kills all the good that they build up in the first yeah, two. It didn't, didn't totally you, kill it for me. Yeah, well, you have a... You're, you're much more accepting of well, things. The, 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 uh, <laughs> the Colonel... The, the Steve Trevor scenes 
where he sacrifices himself. That yeah. that was that that's emotional. That was emotional. That has some emotional heft. Yes. Eh, if they built up their relationship more effectively, maybe. I thought they did a very good job with that. Sure. Yeah. All right. Agree to disagree. Yeah, right. I think. I think. I think. I, th- I think the legacy of Wonder Woman will be that it was the best of the DCEU. It was the best of the DCEU, exactly. The, which is not saying. A Look lot. at the rest of this list. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, and then number one. Um, I hate to say it by a bullet because it really wasn't. But um, me, it's, Matt, John, both Mike's, it, and Joe. Well, Man of Steel by Hans Zimmer. I, I mean, really, out of all of the scores, it's the only one that really kind of see. It's it's, it's a solid theme. Well, it's also score. the only one that stays with you. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. Like I said, I'm not a big Hans Zimmer fan because a lot of Hans Zimmer scores don't stick with me, but Man of Steel does. And the only reason it does is the scene where he fi- he first takes off, yes. and right. starts to fly, because you it, it builds up the crescendo every time he attempts. You can right. Just, he, Hans Zimmer does a good job, and of they did a good job here. repeating that yeah. in, in BVS. Yeah. Um, the thing with me is is that the like ba 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 ba. I mean, even though. I remember so many people turning on the John Williams score. They they just turned it on, turned on it, like rats leaving a sinking ship when they announced Man of Steel and that Hans Zimmer was going to do it. Nope. Like they better trash that score. That nope. score is garbage. Nope. I was like, they better they better incorporate something from John yep. Williams into it. And they didn't. It's no. Yeah. Well, it was a. It was an interesting choice. And it was I, an interesting I, choice I mean, because. Aside from that, this, aside from that point where he learns to fly, there's really nothing inspirational about the score. Well, there's also nothing really inspirational about again, the movie. Again, yes. that's the flaw with the movie, and it, and, and, and 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 the score and it, reflects the movie's flaws. Yeah, the, yeah. there was there was no gee whiz moment in the movie, and that's right. what I was missing. I mean, even Superman Returns had that, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. When, like, when he when he Super- saves the plane. No. Well, no. In Superman Returns, when he ta- he he lifts the the yacht out of the ocean, you hear the original theme getting slowly built up. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like yes, that's Superman. This had nothing like the, that. The big that thing that the big like thing that. I remember, the big chip of this I remember, is at the very end when they cut to the directed by Zack Snyder mm-hmm. credits, where it's really just going fast and and frantic, right. and it felt more like a a movie blockbuster than it did a Superman score. Yeah. And that's kind of its issue. It doesn't sound like a Superman score. No, it, 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 it's not inspiring. Alright, moving on to probably the hardest thing all of us encountered. Not really. 
I had a pretty <coughs> easy one with this. Really? One. I struggled. I came up. I revised it my list about three times. People, you know, I was getting. Oh, by the way, one thing I just want to mention about the DCEU thing and why Dave's name doesn't appear on any of this. Dave was like, "Can we just pretend that never existed?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Dave. Yeah, I was. I was like, I can't re-listen to these to try to pick any. Uh, yeah, please don't make me. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, MCU is the toughest. I mean, first of all, there's 20 movies to choose from. Yeah, and there's a lot of good scores. There is some stuff that's not memorable, but there's some stuff that is insanely memorable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even like the ones that didn't make my list, I still like the the Iron Man three, um, theme at the end. You know, the end credits. Oh yeah. Um, that one, the Can You Dig It theme, is amazing. Yeah. Mm. All right, so here, here's what made the runner-up list. Um, Jackie uh, with Ant-Man. Also Jackie with Avengers Age of Ultron. Okay. Um, yeah, that one almost made my list. You know, Catherine, you brought up uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The, the score from yeah. that was really, like, I was listening to it again and I was... I was like, yeah, all of that, that. That was really strong. It, no, it is a very strong score. It's one of those things that's just like, because with those, they're those, so prevalent on the actual classic rock. Right. The, you that's forget that's the thing about with, the score. Right. Well, that's the thing. The, the Guardians of the Galaxy is the, the, the rock overshadows the yes. score. Yeah, right. Until, yeah. until you go and, and listen to the score and you go, this is the scene where they were fighting me. Right. And this yep. you, you, can, you can, when you listen to the score... You go, I remember this, you can picture the yeah. scene, and that is part of the why it is really, it is what it is, and it's really good, is because you go, oh, yeah, I, I do remember this, and I remember that, I remember what they were doing over there. Uh, Mike, you brought up Thor. Yeah. Which um, is pretty good. I love this score, especially, I mean, I mean, obviously, the you know, the main theme, but for me, when, when he gets the hammer and actually defeats uh, the Destroyer, I can watch that scene and just, I can just listen to that score yeah. right there over and over and I get the same chills and just the same feeling every single time because that is a beautiful piece. Right. Uh, Joe, uh, Captain America Civil War. It's a, it's an Avengers score without being an Avengers movie. There you yes, go. pretty much. <laughs> um, John brought up uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. That's actually a good score too. Yep. Um, John also brought up Infinity War. Good move. Which, yeah, very good. I mean, a lot of recycling of themes. Right, yeah. But still, it'd be quite a good... And it does a good job of incorporating every character's theme into a pretty cohesive whole. Yes. Mm. Which is, I mean, it's very difficult to do when you got 20 movies you got to draw. Exactly. Yep. That's why this list is so long and so many, like, onesie-twosies here. Dave brought up Spider-Man Homecoming, which Jeez, I... Know. I re-listened to. It's a really good score. It is a, it is a great score. It yeah, Giacchino did a great job of I, that I love one. how he managed to um, incorporate the uh, Spider-Man, your classic Spider-Man. Right at the very beginning, yeah. yeah. That was great. Um, which, Matt, which Spider-Man movie hasn't done that? No, uh, actually, it's the only yeah, one that, that did it into the score. Yeah, uh, Spider-Man, the, the, the Raimi Spider-Mans did it with like the street musician. Yeah. Um, Matt brought up Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Another great Tyler Bates score. Alright, I brought up Thor Ragnarok. I, I think that, that this was, one uh, is... That one was on my... Like, I, I listened to this... It was on like, your short hour, list, yeah. Yeah, I had an hour and a half compilation, and that was on the list, and then eventually got bumped down. But that one was definitely on my... Or, actually, no, not Thor Ragnarok. Sorry, I apologize. Dark World was on my list. Okay. Ragnarok was never on my list. Ragnarok is just fun, because it just... The, the, the stuff that they use with... Um, not Nowhere. 
What's the what? What was the world that they were on with the Grandmaster? Oh, I think yeah, it was Hulk World. Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, Sakar. Sakar. I mean, the stuff the stuff in Sakar is just fantastic. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great, so much fun. Yeah, great score. For, but for me, the if you take all the Thor movies, the first one is the only right. one that. Really I mean, this one it makes sense because Mark Mothersbaugh was the, the essentially the mastermind behind Devo. The, the problem with Thor Ragnarok is the only thing when I think of it I think of an immigrant song yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay and when I think when I hear immigrant song I think Thor Ragnarok now. <laughs> yeah same here except when I hear the Trent Reznor version and that's not a bad thing no no because those are awesome scenes right <laughs> um, both myself and John brought up Black Panther I did like that soundtrack yes. it make my top three but I will probably get a copy because that's a co- that's the kind of music that I really dig oh it's yeah. it's yeah. great because that's they they one. took they took the Africanness of it very very seriously yeah yeah I've got I've got some albums of African music that I really enjoy the chanting and it's just it's fantastic yeah. so that brings us to the top three um so Mike uh, see Joe and Jackie brought up um Ramin Joaldi's Iron Man. That was on my list for a very long time. Oh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Remin Juwaldi. Yeah, and I mean, I love his Pacific Rim soundtrack. But you can hear echoes of Iron Man in the Pacific Rim soundtrack, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. But it it, it it fit the character. It was. So it was very heavy. Very kind of. It had weight to it. It would have like if we were picking five, it would it would have made the top five definitely. Yeah, well, I had to I had to move it along, unfortunately, but because there, there were so many good zap scores in the 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 MCU, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely agree it's worthwhile. It's worthy. But, yeah, the only reason it didn't make my list is mainly because I, I well I like other ones more, but also with this one I think the ACDC songs kind of they 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 did what the Guardians of the Galaxy did. Yeah, but the, is they kind of overshadowed the score. I mean, I, I, it's a great score, but just those ACDC songs are a little bit more memorable than the rest of the score for me. All right, number two, um, voted on by Matt, Dave, both Mike's, and Catherine. Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh, I love this one. The, the the main theme is so good.
this was my this is my favorite of all. It's the MCU. so patriotic and it's so of its you know set era. I mean, but it, but it's but it's a it's a superhero um, score, but it's also a World War Two score. It's a solid. It's got both feels to it, and it does really really well. Um, and that our number one, not only by a bullet, believe it or not. Uh, me, Matt, Dave, Mike C, Mike G, you, Joe, and Catherine, uh, Alan Silvestri's The Avengers. Honestly, say that the Avengers theme is the MCU theme. Yes, yeah. it is. I mean, and I mean, one of the biggest comments I remember hearing when people were watching the the, the first uh, um, Infinity War trailer, right, is that oh, they brought back the Sylvester score. That, that was one of the most memorable things. I remember is having the Sylvester right uh, Avengers well, theme over the considering too that. Um, Sylvester didn't do Age of Ultron. It was uh, D- Danny Elfman and Brian Tyler. Yeah, did did that one. So when they brought Sylvester back, I mean, the thing is, is that that the the movie's music is intrinsically linked to that team yeah. shot, yeah. the intro of the team, yeah. that three sixty where they're all they got their stuff, they're ready to fight. Yeah, it's that theme and that theme yeah. alone that just completely blows this out of the water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's that secondary theme too that they play during the end credits. Oh yes, and it works really really well. Now, what's interesting about that though is that a lot of people don't talk about this as much as they do, like the Elfman Batman theme or something. It's almost like you can't really sing along to it. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it's gotten. It, it hasn't really hit that iconic status. Mm. There there are very few songs like themes that can really hit that. Iconic, and most of them are John Williams. Right. <laughs> so that's true. The closest Sylvester has gotten is um, Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, that's right. Which yeah. is a pretty iconic theme. Yeah. All right. So moving on to Star Trek. This was kind of hard for me. I don't know if this was really hard for me. I kind of had my favorites all picked already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So for runners up, Jackie brings up Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, that was her number one. Wow, uh, Joe, you brought up uh, Star Trek Generations because it was the first. It was the first one with the the, with the, the next, next generation, generation and, and, and incorporated themes from the TV show. So, um, Mike C, John, and Catherine, the voyage home. Actually, Mike, you too, right? Oh yeah. Why, why, maybe I didn't put your your initial in here. Uh, 
Star Trek uh, for the voyage home. Yes, I love I love the opening theme. I love a lot of the music the and throughout the the movie. Yeah, it 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 feels the least in like a Star Trek um, score, but it also is a Star Trek score at the both same time. I mean, it, it's a lot more playful than any other score you've right. well, ever it's, it's a very it's playful movie. Yeah, exactly. It's a very playful movie. It's a, they've gone through really dark times. It's time for them to have a little fun. Right. In the yeah. 80s. The Enterprise is destroyed. Everybody's pissed off. Like, in the, in the, in the, uh, like the 80s sax that they've, but they're playing while he's well, oh, yeah, the walking through theme. the San Francisco. <laughs> yes! Yeah. And it's, I, it's just, it's so fun. I, I, like, the minute the, uh, you know, I feel like it's the, the the voyage home theme is like the secondary Star Trek theme for yeah. me because it's like once that starts playing, I'm just so happy. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, Matt brings up uh, the, the Star Trek three, the search for Spock. That was a close. That was a close it, one. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, me, Mike, and Jackie brought up uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. The only version I've seen is the uncut one. Oh, I'm sorry. The motionless picture? <laughs> yes. You do spend, literally, like, very motionless. You spend five minutes, I think I timed it, watching the Enterprise fly across the screen. Yeah. And by fly, I mean drift. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> that's how you move in space. In space, you're looking here, you're Star Trek, more. Not, <laughs> Right. Um, Star Wars. They're a little faster. Yeah. The, the reason why I put this on mine was mainly because it's the one that introduced the theme that was going to end up being used for the next generation. Yeah. And I remember hearing that. like we The, bra- the brass. Yeah. Well, you know, surprise, Suncoast story. We put this on for our in-store demo, and I'm like, that's... I, did we put next generation? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know why. Because, you know, Star Trek was... Star Trek, the motion picture, was originally supposed to be the pilot... For, ne- for like a next generation Star Trek type two. episode, yeah. yes. Yeah. All right, that brings us to um, our top three. Dave, Mike, and John brought up uh, Jerry Goldsmith's uh, Star Trek: First Contact. A lot of it has to do, I think, with the Borg themes are key to that one. I I don't really, I have no memory of this, which is interesting because the other day I was at the gym and I listened to Star Trek playlist, which, by the way, awful workout music. (laughs) (laughs) Truly awful workout music. Uh, But this never came up in that playlist, and I'm sure I heard stuff from Generation. I heard stuff from friggin' Nemesis. Wow. God damn it. Um, I'm sorry. Yep. 
Number two, uh, me, Matt, Dave, Joe, Catherine. Oh, and you too, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why, why your name's not on here. I know well, I counted them. Well, it is for the number one. It, right. No, it's for number two. No, no. Oh, yeah. Number one. <laughs> oh, sorry. Duh. Um, 2009's Star Trek by Michael Giacchino. one took uh, this one did everything right it did it incorporated incorporated the themes from the TV show which they did a very good job with and then incorporated their own their own themes their own own themes like the the point at which uh, you know I I remember like you know the fact that when Vulcan is destroyed I'm like I cry every time and I know that part of that is the music right I mean the score does what the movie does it which is take the old classic series and Given a new fresh makeover. Yep. yep. Yeah. I and think, ma- and while still making it its own. Yeah. Right. Without, you know. This is honestly, I think, the first Michael Giacchino score I heard where I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm yeah. in on this guy. Yeah. This uh, was right before Up. Uh, uh, but The Incredibles. Oh, you know what? But the thing is, I didn't know it was Giacchino yet. Fair enough. So, but, you know, with that, it's just, yeah, you're right. It takes every element from the TV show, which I really feel like the. The other movies, the previous movies, try to avoid. Mm. Like, well, they, they really right, wanted well, to try to I stay mean, when, away when, from that TV. Right when the motion picture came out, it had nothing. I mean, none of the music had any callbacks. To nothing. TV show. Lo- nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No. <laughs> nothing looked like it. No. It really didn't. Um, and then number one. You know, speaking of not going back to the TV series, totally ripped from an, an episode of the original series. So did the first. So did Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yeah, that was the same plot as an episode. Oh, oh yeah, was it? Yeah. Car- yes. Oh yeah, carbon oh, okay. copy. Carbon copy. Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Only much longer. <laughs> much, much slower. Much longer. Slower. Sorry, I, I fell asleep halfway through it. I, I, I could have been. I'm... Actually, n- uh, yeah, number number one by Runaway. Runaway. Oh come on, How me, can I not? Yes. Matt, Dave, John, both Mike's, Joe. Catherine, Jackie, Star Trek 2, The Rathacon by James Horner.
I re listened to the score. And you know what? Jesus Christ, you know this what it, is a you know, good you know score. What is, you know what the, the best part of the score for me is? Is when the Enterprise is stalking behind yes. the fire. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yes, yes. And you just hear the. It's like oh, you hear the strings. That, that, like, that military yeah. sounding. Yes. Oh yeah. Score. Well, that that and that that stuff that came back. Horner brought that stuff back for Aliens. Yeah. Yep. Like just that that, that like the, the mallet on the metal. Like, ding 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 ding. Just during that. Yep. Thing in the um but in it, the nebula. But it, but it but it builds up to the actual. Then all of a sudden you start hearing the the. The score yeah. built in over that right up. before right before they fire the fa- the their torpedoes. Yeah. Like, yes. Oh and, yeah, yeah. It builds it up. It builds it up. It builds it up. And then it explodes. And you just jump. Yeah. And, and, and you know. So awesome. and, and when they're trying to get away from the explosion, the Genesis wave in that yeah. just the building score. Yeah. 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 yeah I'll, I'll tell you. We saw. I saw the. They showed Wrath of Khan a few years ago at the Boston Sci-Fi Movie Marathon. Special effects do not hold up. No. But the the score. So it's oh, still yeah. amazing to listen to. Yeah. Yes. And it really gets you involved. So you can you can You can overlook the And the, the effects like the the ships and everything is fine. It's the, the bugs clawing in the ears, which gave me that horrible nightmare about Grover that we discussed. <laughs> but uh every, but that does not hold up. You can no. watch that now and be like, Wow, that's Wow, I can't believe I can't believe I pissed myself <laughs> watching I think that. that I think that I might be a fake myself. ear. Yeah. But but uh but the, everything else holds up very well and, yeah. and Right, even even the quiet parts when they're in like the basement of the Genesis. Yep. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Thing and it's just it's just it's just nice to listen to and it's not. You know, they definitely took their cues from from Williams and Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. With yeah. that having like that that big orchestral score, you know, even even more so than like what they did on the sixty TV show. Mm. Right. So all right, last category. All right, so obviously... The granddaddy. The granddaddy. we got to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> um, not as much variance as I expected, but there were there were a couple of things I thought were going to be like real fights yeah. that didn't pan out. <laughs> wow. So for, for runners-up, uh, Catherine, you brought up The Last Jedi. Yeah. Excellent score. Yeah. It is an excellent score, especially the Death Star, the, uh, the final battle, the Battle of Endor. Yeah. The space segment. Wait, wait. So the, last Jedi, the last Jedi, Jedi. I the Return of the Jedi. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Remember, yeah, remember what Andy said? Is like we can no longer refer to the Return of the Jedi as just Jedi. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the last Jedi, the crate. No, no, you were thinking of Return of the Jedi. Never mind. Never mind. No, but actually, the last Jedi. I mean, the crate scene, the yeah. crate battle mm-hmm. was stupendous. Especially when the the Falcon comes in, you're like, yes, <laughs> oh yeah. And when it starts flying through like the crystal, yep. the crystal caverns, and you yep. know. Then it's like, man, he hates that ship. <laughs> also, the the fight, um, uh, Kylo and Ray versus the Praetorian Guards. Oh, it's yeah. great because yes. you you got that 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 still, yeah, that freeze frame. Yep. And all of a sudden, it is a slow motion. All of a sudden, bang! The music just explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh, I'm sorry, Jack Holes. Did you not get a lightsaber duel in your movie? Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving assholes. Yeah, all right, on. anyway. Oh, okay. So, uh, voted on by Joe, uh, uh, John, and Mike. Yeah. Uh, Jedi. I'm sorry. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> this kind of, the Return of Jedi is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the Star Wars uh, music. It's there are some g- good stuff in here, and when you like, go, I said, like I said, the the, the death, the, the battle, of, the battle of Endor, the space, yeah. the yeah. battle of Endor is stupendous well, music. Oh, for me, all three, all three segments are really yeah. well. Um, right. Well, well, maybe not so much the lightsaber battle because there's not, not a whole lot of music. No, it's it's when, but it's when Luke 
just finally tries, you know, because once you, you know, that, perhaps that, she will, and then you go, no, and, and you then just, that you get the that like kind of like ethereal, you, you get but that then, chorus, yeah. that yeah. men's chorus. But I mean, you know, the when when you have the Falcon wedge and a couple of A wings yep. flying on the surface of the uh, the Death Star before they go into the tunnel. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Dave brought up Rogue One, also by Michael Giacchino. I was surprised about how how much I actually liked this. It's a, it's a good score. It's, it's just score, it's, you can tell he's he only had three weeks to do it. In. Yeah, yeah. This was supposed to be his flaw, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he backed out at the last minute. Um, here's the one I thought was going to be the real spoiler here. Uh, voted on by Catherine and Matt. Uh, episode one, the Phantom Menace. I mean, this it's one is defined Duel of the Fates by yeah. Duel of the Fates. Yeah. Hands down, defined by Duel oh, of the Fates. Oh, and don't get me wrong, that is a solid piece. If yeah, you were going to rank tracks, Duel of the Fates is in your top three. It's in your top three. Yeah, that's that's why that's why I ranked it. I was like, you know what, the, the, the other movies, like all the other movies, have really good stuff, but but Duel of the Fates stands out. Yes, and, it does. And deserves recognition. Right. I mean, this this made they You're made a wrong. music video <laughs> for this. Oh mm. God, yeah, yeah. Um. All right, and now the uh, top three. And again, these are all John Williams, so... Yeah. <laughs> Shocking surprise. Duh. We're dropping some big brass. Yep. And I'm really pleased by this, because I, I voted for it. Uh, me, Dave, um, Mike, Joe, Jackie uh, voted for Force Awakens. It's a, it's it, it's a great return to the series. Right. The the Ray theme is the big standout there. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really... and, 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 and you know what I I've seen in some circles it gets kind of knocked. The Ray theme gets knocked because it in, it incorporates Harry Potter music styling a little bit. Uh, it's all John Williams. Yeah. All no. 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 It's, 
I defy you to say that the majority, the minority report and Attack of the Clone scores aren't the same score. So it's <laughs> no, but the, se- the the section with the the Carol, um, what are those big bells, um... the big bells, not their hand, they're like Carol yeah, bells. bells. Yeah, yeah. There's a set. There's a section in Ray's theme that uses those bells. That is ex- almost exactly Plus because it's John Williams. But he doesn't use it in everything. Yeah, right. No, but he does. He but does when you're intro- when you're but you're also introducing a new character right. too that needs her own distinct theme. Right, and it's a very distinct. I'm not knocking it. I think I think it's great. Right. I love the, I love Ray's theme. I thought I think it's one of the best pieces of music in the music. That and Scarzo's for uh, X Wing. Actually, for, yeah. for me, the uh, the standout for The Force Awakens was the scene um, where, Rey, where Rey calls the lightsaber, and then that whole light, uh, battle. Yes. Well, that, well, that's, yeah, that was... Well, that, but that was a lot of, like... But that, you know what? That's actually... If you listen to the, the soundtrack, where she actually pulls the lightsaber, yeah. that's not in the soundtrack. That's the, what? lifted directly from... Uh, that's Binary Sunset. Well, yeah, but there... The the part around that is yeah. also very right. I mean, that's the part that really but, stands oh, out. And, there's and, that. There's that. That margin of resistance. Yeah. When um, when Ray and Finn are piloting the the Falcon for the first time. Yeah. The music in that. Oh God. The yeah. stuff with the X wings. Yeah. Mar- uh, march of the resistance. Yeah. The march of resistance. There's just so many great new themes in there that it, that just build upon this great oeuvre of music. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, so number two. I'm surprised this I, wasn't yeah, number, this was number two. I was figuring it was number well, for, one. Uh, for me, I, I was bouncing back and forth between this and number yeah. one anyway. I refuse to bounce between them. Um, so, uh, me, both mics, John, Joe, Jackie, Empire Strikes Back. Like I said, I'm surprised this was number two because a lot of the themes that people associate with Star Wars, Imperial March, the Han and Leia uh, theme. The, the Yoda theme. The Yoda theme. The asteroid chase. The asteroid chase. Yep. It, it, what a lot of people associate with right. Star Wars came from Empire Strikes right. Back. And one thing that this movie does, you know, we talked a lot earlier about like the, the Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings having these things where the first movie sets the musical tone mm-hmm. and sets the musical themes. When you go back, and we're going to talk about this obviously in just a minute. No <laughs> surprise. One no is. surprise. But with Empire, the majority of the themes that stuck came from Empire. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hell, think about this: the Imperial March is heard in Solo. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like that theme. The um, actually, when, when when I first you know before I before I really like learned that they what but. About the Imperial March, I remember. I thought I was like, "Well, that was in the first movie, right?" 
Nope. It wasn't in the yep. first. It took me, it took me yeah. ages to realize that that wasn't in the original movie. When I first heard like the first isolated Empire Strikes Back soundtrack, it was this compilation from Sony Classical. And Sony? Sony. Wow. Sony Classical. Was, this is in the early, early, early 90s. Oh, okay. And I, I had never owned the individual Star Wars recordings. I had just... This was my first Star Wars thing. And the asteroid chase. Yes. The asteroid chase is such a fun piece of music. And, you know, I'd seen Empire about a hundred times by that point in the, the, you know, early 90s. But it was just like, you listen to it and it just, oh, yep, there's the beats. There are the beats. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening there. And it's just so good. It just... Makes this movie work. I mean, yeah, the Imperial theme is the Imperial theme and fucking rocks. And everybody, but yeah. everybody knows it. Everybody knows the Imperial theme. Um, all right, number one, no big surprise here. Very close, by the way, I'll say. Uh, difference, differential of two points and a few people. Uh, me, Matt, Dave, Mike, Everyone. John, everybody, yeah. Um, start episode four, New Hope. I mean, yeah, it's, it's... You, you know, we talked about the themes that, that stuck in Empire. The Star Wars theme stuck with this one. <laughs> this was first... Forever and ever and ever and ever. This was the first movie where I, you know, I played the score and I was like, okay, that's when that happens. That's yep. I could, I could uh, yep. narrow the yeah. track down to the movie segment. The two disc. Oh, and I finally bought this. I bought the this soundtrack uh, CDs. It's a double disc. And they had flipped two of the tracks. So they're done out of order. Mm. It's like the trench run comes before the, the the stuff in the Death Star, inside of the Death Star. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this one you've got the you know the binary sunset, the force, the force theme. theme maybe. Yeah. 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 The force. Theme. Yeah. Binary you've got- sunset is just amazing, and you know this is like it's not just it's not just that this is you know great for the the thing for the uh, series. It's great because, it, like we were saying before, this is why we have all of the great scores across yeah. all of these movies that we're talking about. Is because of the the score. For well, Star Wars. Like, like like I said earlier, it it was revolutionary what George Lucas did to bring to bring in John Williams to score this. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, and it was just primarily because he was looking for something. He was going to use existing classical music. Right. Yeah. And um. Well, yeah. they, I, and I told, thought I think I saw like. Like original test footage or something like that, where he, he like he would cut in like the World what War Two, yeah, what he and then he got like classical music over it. It's like yeah, it doesn't work. 
but he, the, but he told John Williams, "This is what I was listening to here. This is what I was listening to there," and he was like, "Okay," and he made it work. Yep. The I mean, one I think one of the more underrated elements of this score is at the very very end, the build while Luke is racing to just make yeah. that shot. Yeah. And they're already, like, set, getting the cannon ready. You hear that boom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And just that music just builds and builds and builds. And then you just get, like, that one little bit, the the, the Ben theme. Yep. Yeah. And then it's just, when, when the Death Star finally blows, now it's all happy. You just had the, the you, just, you just hear the kettle drums at yeah. the end. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. But then, but I mean, I mean, this whole soundtrack also has my favorite piece of Star Wars music in all time, the throne room. Oh yeah, the throne oh, room yeah, and, and, yeah, ending yeah. Cre- and ending credits. That's another. That's another amazing piece. Yeah. All in all, just, just fantastic music. I oh, mean, yeah. this is across the, no. well, across the entire oeuvre. I mean, say what you will about the prequels, you may hate them, how, how love them, I hate them. You can't deny that the music was yes, was awesome. right. You know, I mean, great. there were elements of greatness in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Quite honestly, the, uh, the weakest out of all of them is Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Yep. Just like the movie. Yes. <laughs> there, I said it. I'm sick into it. It's a hill I'm going to die I on. I hate sand. <laughs> of course. Bro, I have no chemistry with you. So, um, again, I just want to... I wanna, truly love you. I, tru- I, I, wanna, and I truly want to thank our panel of, of people. I, I, I sent out the invites, and every single one was like, I would love to do this. So, John, Dave... Matt, Mike, Jackie, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you guys. Yes, this was this was a lot of fun. Um, and also, please, I, I mentioned at the top of their show what their projects are. If they if they had something to, to promote, so please go check out Jackie's website. Uh, go uh, buy Dave's book, please. It is a fantastic book. Love of God. And um, support music in public schools. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Please support music. Actually, that's a funny thing that you mentioned. That my daughter uh, last week got a trumpet. She's gonna be playing. A trumpet. <laughs> and one of her reasons so for why she, why she wanted the trumpet was because she was like, "Daddy, I can play the Star Wars theme. You can play that with any instrument, honey." But thank you. But you have to have brass. You do have to have brass. It's Williams. You have to have brass. So, um, real quick before we wrap up this show, we're about. We're under an hour and a half, but I, I got drops. Yeah, a few, a few. Um, so let's talk real quick about uh, the trailer for Captain Marvel. <laughs> can we also talk about the one from Mary Poppins Returns? We can talk about that in a minute. Okay. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Space invasion, big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up till I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. I keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I had a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. Quickly, though. but All right, so, Catherine, you've got some stuff to get off your chest about... Uh... Oh, well, you know, uh, uh, you guys... Uh, the, thing, the first time you guys brought me in was for the comic book discussion. Yeah. Uh, DC versus Marvel. Marvel and the yep. problem is that I'm very focused. 
and I was very focused on X-Men. And because I was very focused on X-Men, I was actually very focused on Rogue. So I know about Carol Danvers. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have Avengers Annual 10, where Rogue stole uh, Carol Danvers' powers. And I also have Uncanny X-Men 164, where she becomes binary. So... Mm-hmm. I, I, I've read the uh, uh, number 10. I've read that many, many times. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I was picking it out of its its special sleeve with its special cardboard backing and looking through it, and I'm like, wow, newsprint just does not hold up. No, but no. Anyway, no, it does <laughs> but not. It's still, my my copy is still quite readable. It's just, it is very hard. But uh, also playing the Avengers Alliance video game on the PlayStation. Mm, yeah, the Ultimate oh, Alliance. Yes. Once you get her in a binary suit, you just kick all the ass. Yes. <laughs> and that's the thing I loved about that game was that it, you go from being Ms. Marvel to binary. To Captain Marvel, uh, I think it, no. it was released before it became, yeah, it was before, before she became it, Captain. It was before yeah. Captain Marvel, yeah, no, you, right. top, you top out at binary with all the special, like get her bracelet or belt or whatever. Like if you get her fully kitted out. But in in, in regards to this movie, I think that they're, they they're definitely using binary's powers. Yes, absolutely. I think the Ms. Marvel powers are kind of dull flight and super strength. But and given, nine, nine vulnerability also. Right, nine yeah. vulnerability, yes. Which you do see when she crashes through a blockbuster. Yep. Yeah, I think, you know, she... 90s, Bin- everyone. Binary can also fly, and I'm sure she's got some kind of, you know, some kind of power, you know, damage resistance. But the, but this character, the Captain Marvel, they're giving us... super strength. In the movie, yes. Yeah. They're giving her all that. They're giving her the binary powers, mm-hmm. which I think is fantastic, without having to explain the whole brood X-Men thing, because when they were filming, <laughs> that deal hadn't been closed yet. Yep. I, I like the I like how the trailer kind of it does imply how the story is going to go, but it's a lot different than I was expecting, and not in a bad way. No, not at all. Um, I you know, and I, I brought this up, and this is actually something I stole from Bob Chipman's uh, Twitter feed. There, at, if you watch the trailer, and around the one the one minute twenty eight second part of the trailer, it goes from uh, her. A hero, yeah, and uh, watch her become a hero, and they just kind of transition that. They add the O. That's an awesome bit. That is an awesome bit. And Bob Chipman was like, "I sincerely hope that anybody sitting in the marketing room for Wonder Woman gets their ass kicked." They're not coming (laughs) up this first. (laughs) I I gotta say, another moment I love from that trailer was that final shot where it shows like the uh, young uh, young Carol oh, all and of all up. the older and just always getting up just that, that was yep. that was, that was awesome really good. Moment. This is going to be I mean honestly and I know Wonder Woman came first and Wonder Woman's a great movie don't get me wrong but this is going when this movie comes out barring any catastrophe this is going to be the movie Wonder Woman wishes it was yeah, I really yeah, truly it's going to overshadow I think I, I agree I agree and this one is so Oh my God! So many little girls are gonna have that, like that star, yeah, T uh, yeah. shirt and yeah, all that. Yeah, I think it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, and, and part of it is also because Captain Marvel's suit isn't over sexual, and I'm not saying that Wonder Woman's suit is. I mean, uniform it's, is. It's less. It's less sexualized than the think, original costume. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't exactly look like a bustier, but right. And it's. You know. But Captain Marvel's suit like is very... It's not like the a lot of clothes. Right. Even the men. So right. it's okay. But no, you're right about the Captain Marvel suit. It's not, you know, tight... It's, a, it's, it's not tight-ass, huge right. tits. It's you a know. modern suit. Yeah. Plus, they like, they armored it up, so it actually looks like it's functional. Right. 
I, I really, this movie is going to be great, and I really, I'm happy they didn't give away too much with the scrawls. Yeah, because oh, that, we just got a brief shot, and then she punches an old woman. An old lady. We assume is a scroll. Yeah, yeah. I really, those of us so. who know comic books and know the history of the Kree Scroll War, yeah, we know. Yeah. yeah, right. But I mean, I'm just hoping come February after this movie comes out that people aren't like. Well, you know, like, half the Avengers are scrolls, so... It's like, shut up. No. Shut no, up. No, shut, no, no, shut up. Shut up. Um, this is not Secret Wars. Right. Yeah. So, another trailer Mike wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, man, I can't watch this and not cry. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> same thing here. I mean, it, 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 it does what I was wondering if it could possibly do, and it recaptures some of the magic from the original. Mary. Poppins. Who came back? You seem hardly to have aged at all. Really? One never discusses a woman's age, Michael. Would have hoped I taught you better. What brings you here after all this time? Same thing that brought me the first time. I've come to look after the bank's children. Us? Oh, yes, you too. We're about to lose our home. Everything's fallen to pieces since your mother. I miss mother. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. It's a good thing you come along when you did, Mary Poppins. Have you guys seen the trailer for this yet? No. No. Um, it, oh, it's... it uses 2D animation. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're actually, they, they, when they go into there, I mean, there is definitely some 3G, 3D elements to that that yeah. animation, but um, it just looks like it's going to be, it's going to be another one of those emotional roller coasters. Yeah. No, did you, no one, I'm assuming none of us saw Christopher Robin. No. no. One and two, never well, got yeah, around to it, but yes. that's what Showbox is for. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I mean, hey, you've got Lin-Manuel Miranda writing the songs for it. Oh God! Emily yeah. Blunt, who apparently can very really sing, because uh, we get we only get one line of her song, but she sings it, and she sings the hell out of it. No, she does, she does. And then Rob Marshall directed uh, Chicago. Yeah, right. Oh, so yeah. He also directed Into the Woods. I think he'll do, do fine. Yeah. So yes, there's that, and then there's it just came out today. I don't think anyone's really seen at, at all the Wreck It Ralph uh, two final trailer. I'm not right. watching it. Um, I, I won't watch it. I'm at this point right now. They need to stop showing trailers because yeah. uh, <laughs> it's like everyone's all hyped up and you know wet for this movie to begin with. Let's just let it happen. Yeah, I, let I, it happen naturally. I'm not going to watch any more because I'm already ready for this movie big time. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So anyway, next episode we are going to be talking about um, the current crop of board and card games. Um, There's kind of been a nice little market. This in the last like, yeah, niche, decade, niche market, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely it's, a niche it's been, market. It's been building for a while, you know. Settlers of Catan came out like twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, but these are based on you know games that people came up with in their homes that got crowdfunded yeah. and just word of mouth type of games. And I know Catherine, you and your husband love a lot love, of yeah. We love we love the cool board games and the, the new board games, right? But there's also like you know you go to Target, you go to Barnes and Noble, you've got like the the card games, like Cards Against Humanity. Um, Unspeakable Words. Yep. What's the one that we were playing on New oh, Year's? What was that meme? It was like a... 
It was oh, like a Mimi game, yeah. I was so sad that I got so sick on New Year's and I couldn't come over. <laughs> I was oh, so yeah. upset when I had my games oh, picked oh, out that I was going to The Cyanide and Happiness game oh, that we Oh, Cyanide played. and Happiness is awesome. Yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll have stories about that because... Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's, if you... There's another, there's another card game illustrated by the Oatmeal. The Oatmeal, oh, yes. The Oatmeal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Exploding Kittens. <laughs> no, not Exploding Kittens. Oh, Babies the actual, and Bears. Yeah. Bears nope. and babies. Isn't no, it? another one. What? Yeah, another one. The, the actual oatmeal. The oatmeal. The, the little circle-headed guys. Oh Jesus! Isn't there a card game with unicorns? I'm Probably. sure there is. XKCD. Perhaps. No, it's the oatmeal. No. XKCD. Anyway, if you've got a favorite uh, game that you like to play at parties, New Year's, just getting around with your friends, and getting drunk and playing games, um, King Tokyo. There you go. <laughs> um, you can email us at geeksaladradio at gmail.com. You can also drop us a line on our Twitter feed, which is at geeksaladradio. Follow us on uh, Facebook at Geeksalad Podcast. And check out the show and all of its archives at our website, geeksalad.podbean.com. Uh, check us out at Stitcher. Check us out at iTunes. Check us out at Google Music. Check us out on Spotify. God damn it, we're everywhere. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. Talk to you later. Okay, kid, Mr. Akbar here is ready to take this ad campaign coast to coast. What have you come up with? Akbar's fish sticks from the sea. They cook so tender and flaky. Whip some up for you and me. To pass them up is a big mistakey. Yeah! Big mistakey? It's a no, guys. Aww. I think it works better as an instrumental anyway.